Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Chris Major League Baseball right now uh, in full swing. Uh, got the Dodgers, uh, Houston, uh, Boston, Atlanta, all battling it out for the right to go to the World Series. And I thought it might be a good, uh, good idea to take a look at some key Catholic figures in the history of Major League Baseball. With me right now uh, to do this is Andy Fowler. He is <clears throat> content producer for the Knights of Columbus. Uh, and by the way, Knights of Columbus uh, right now has a baseball exhibit online at michaelmcgivneycenter.org. We'll have it linked at our site as well. But uh, it's, it's full of surprises for you. And Andy, good to have you with me. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me on, Al. Talk Great to, to be here. I love this idea. Tell me uh, the origin of it. Who thought to do this? Uh, well, I guess it was. Uh, it came from me. I guess it was my grandchild. <laughs> but, uh, okay. All right. But uh, but when I first started working at the night several years ago, um, uh, I mean, even then I wasn't like a quote unquote historian of baseball. But um, I found out that Babe Ruth and Connie Mack and some other. Uh, prominent major league uh, power players were members of the Knights of Columbus. So I did some more digging uh, through our archives. And then when I found out that our founder, Father uh, Michael J. McGivney, played baseball, uh, it connected all the dots. And it just gave uh, (laughs) gave me a reason to really, really dive into this history. And it's pretty uh Pretty remarkable what I what I found. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least I think so. If people go to the website, what will they see there in your uh, exhibit? So I mean, they'll see uh, not only a lot of pictures from the old time, uh, you know, baseball from like we try to find as many pictures relevant to the time as we could possibly find, um, especially of major leaguers at the time. But they'll also just find a story that's charted from the very beginnings of not only Michael McGivney's love of baseball, but also the beginnings of Major League Baseball itself and up until the 1910s, roughly. So I guess maybe for your listeners, this is only the first part of a four-part series, which I call Bases, because it's about baseball. I thought it had to have a a baseball-y title. But um, so... (laughs) So the four parts, uh, well, first part is out now, first base, and mm-hmm. then second base will come out around spring training, third base will come out around uh, the all-star uh, break, and then home will be out around this time next year to correlate with um, the MLB playoffs. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about these baseball players that uh, mm-hmm. we didn't know were Catholic. You mentioned Babe Ruth. Um Again, I, I've always loved to tell the story of how his parents had determined that he was incorrigible, and he ended up yes. uh, going off uh, to this uh, particular boys' uh, school. I'm trying to recall the name for it right now. but uh, The St. Mary's uh, Industrial School. That's right. Uh, down in Baltimore. That is yeah. right. That's right. And uh, he was, again, met Brother Matthias. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that relationship. What did he learn well, from Brother Matthias? Well, uh, I guess just the game of baseball, first and foremost. I, uh, from what I have found, Brother Matthias used to take the babe when he was a Bambino and, <laughs> and uh, you know, take him out in the yard and show him how to play the game. I think Brother Matthias saw a lot of uh, raw talent in uh, Babe Ruth at the time. But also, um, 
he was really helpful with Babe Ruth's spiritual formation. And I know the Babe is not really known as it wasn't. <laughs> he went by a lot of nicknames in his life, but maybe Saint wasn't one of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is true. But uh, <laughs> but you know there is a very powerful letter. Um, editorial that he wrote for this magazine called guideposts like right before he died Mm. and he talked about how that spiritual formation that he learned at such a young age stayed with him throughout his whole life and he ended up making a he says he ends up making a a full confession uh toward the end of his life and so maybe he is saint babe ruth yeah Yeah, hopefully but that is something that I found really fascinating about this, and also his relationship and work with the Knights of Columbus. You know, he did a lot of charity events with them, um, even tr- tr- leading a fundraising campaign to help rebuild St. Mary's Industrial School when there, w- there was a fire back in the 19, late 1910s, early 1920s. And, um, yeah, it was just, the, the babe was very active in the Knights of Columbus, and I yeah. think that, along with his learning from Brother Matthias, really charted him to have that kind of saintly journey that we see a lot from saints yeah. in their lives, you know, kind of going off the path, but then finding their way back again Yeah, yeah, toward uh, God. That's right. Uh, let's go over some of the other figures who you think might surprise us uh, about their Catholic uh, commitments, uh, their origin, their their testimony. Who who else do you have there? Well, what surprised me, I guess, was uh, was John McGraw. I know he wasn't uh, he, former. Uh, you know, he's a Hall of Famer for uh, for those who don't know. He was a Hall of Famer uh, manager for the New York Giants back in the early 1900s. Yep. And he's considered one of the greatest managers of all time. Right. Uh, he won three World Series titles. Um, you know, just really, he was pugnacious and maybe a little bit too rowdy at times. Mm-hmm. But what is interesting is that, like, not only him, but other members like uh, of the Knights of Columbus and Catholics, like Johnny Evers, you know, member of the famous baseball sad lexicon, Tinker Stavers Chan. Yeah, yeah. Um, we Willie Killer who is famous for not only previously holding the hitting uh, streak uh, before Joe DiMaggio broke it, but he's also famous for saying the hit it where they ain't, which is, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then uh, Nap Lajaway, who is a five-time batting champion. You know, the Cleveland Indians, before they changed their name, were called the Cleveland Naps. They mm-hmm. named the team after him. Interesting. And so you just ah. see all these players um, who were – Catholics and also members of the Knights that I found to be shocking. It's just like, you know, it's like <laughs> the, the original genesis of this idea came out, oh, if we were to fill fill a fantasy team, who would you pick out of these members of the Knights of Columbus and which positions would you make them play? And, um, you know, that list keeps growing and growing. And yeah. they, thankfully, it's just, uh, um, yeah, it, that's just been the the fun of this project for for me is just finding uh, how these people, these prominent people that impacted the game at such an early age, really uh, were were Catholics and also Knights of Columbus. Yeah, and yeah. baseball is all is is a game about chasing ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know, most of those ghosts are members of the Knights of Columbus yeah. and Catholics. No, that's that's great. I, you mentioned um, many uh, Hall of Fame 
players there. And I mentioned mm-hmm. McGraw as, as manager, uh, Connie Mack, too. Uh, mm-hmm. who, who are some more uh, contemporary players that uh, we should be aware of? Yeah. Even well, if they're um, not playing right now, playing yeah, over the last generation. I guess post nineteen seventy. I'll I guess I'll start from there. Okay. Uh, you know, like Ron Guidry, yeah. uh, Louisiana Lightning. Uh, he was. Uh, he is a member of the Knights of Columbus. Um, you know, we have uh, you know Mike Sweeney, who is a yeah. all star with the Kansas City Royals. He actually did a few uh, few videos series for us. Um, for the Knights of Columbus, our Into the Breach series, which is a series all about de- dedicating um, time to help spiritually form Catholic men in a t- in this time, in this troubling time for, for men, and um, also in our Everyday Heroes series. So there's that, and also uh, Shane Victorino, who's probably more recent, um, who, the flying Hawaiian, if people huh. remember, who was part of the Philadelphia Phillies championship team back in '08, and mm-hmm. the Boston Red Sox in 2013, I want to say. And you know, in that series, it just—he it, had a remarkable grand slam in the ALCS against my Yankees. But it seems to be a trend lately that the Red Sox are just a, a grand slam hitting machine. But mm-hmm. I mean, those are some more recent players, and also uh, and Trevor Williams, who is part of the the Pirates, and he's now with the Mets, also did some videos with us. And, uh, yeah, they're just – they're they're great men who understand that Catholic men need to be Catholic and need to be present in their faith life and also present in their families and to help – I think Mike Sweeney says it in a video, to help guide his family to heaven. Yeah. So it's – that that's – those are some of the themes I want to cover in home because – Obviously, baseball. If you if you like to read metaphors yeah. into sports, I think uh, baseball is probably more a- the most apt to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, baseball is all about trying to safely get home. Yep. So so are all of us. Yeah, that's no, great. I I think it's it's a wonderful uh, metaphor to use uh, for the spiritual life, uh, as you say. Uh, the the goal is uh, you you're to get to get home eventually to get yeah. home. Now, uh, you've got you have these um, you got the first base uh, segment of this project done. What yep. is what will be involved with like the uh, second base, uh, which you're going to release at spring training? Yeah, so second base um, is going to cover um, roughly around World War One, because uh, World War One, the Black Sox scandal, and yep. the rise of Babe Ruth, and the the end of the dead ball era. Yep. Um, the, or the, the the rise of the home run, I should say. Because um, I thought that was a good benchmark because the order, the, the Knights of Columbus, did a lot of work for soldiers overseas in France. And, you know, they, they had these recreation huts where they had everybody welcome everything free, you know, because they wanted to, you know, if soldiers came away from the battlefield, they, they needed something to remind them of home and needed something to distract their minds from the horrors of war. And a lot of the times they wanted to play baseball. There was a, there was a article in our old magazine, Columbiad, yeah. that talked about how there were 5,000 games of baseball played every day. It's like what the soldiers wanted. And even there were prominent 
major leaguers who went over as members of the Knights of Columbus to help teach the game and to help provide those creature comforts, including um, Hall of Famer Johnny Evers. Uh, he's probably the most prominent of the members that went over, but uh, Huey Jennings, who is another Hall of Famer, was um, he planned to go over, but the war ended before he could. Yeah. And there were some other managers and players that also went. But it's, So there's that, the Black Sox scandal, and how the Knights helped not only clean the game, but also they go into Babe Ruth and how he revolutionized the yep. game. Um, because, yeah, there's no other force out there in American sports that I, I think um, than Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like great. Him, Michael Jordan, Jackie Robinson yeah. are just, he's, he's up there in yeah. revolutionary American. Andy, yeah. thanks. Thanks so much.